0: While portraying a mental picture of their recent conquest, Joshua's challenge is clear. Look at this, church. The latter part of verse 3 of chapter 23. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on tonight, and I trust and pray as always that the Lord's going to speak to your heart by His Word, the Word of God, the Bible. We're in a brand new series now. It uh, deals with the issue of not turning away, but continuing straight forward and being focused. Now listen to me. Some of you that have been in the church for a long, long time, when you hear teachings like this, you might think, man, this is just weird. Where is this dude going with this? But for those of you that are young, and I mean very young, and in the church and trying to figure out which ways up in terms of the Word of God, you realize that you're having to wrestle with the culture today Unlike a way that your parents may have had to wrestle with it or your grandparents now that kind of is where I am at this stage in my life and believe it or not for those of you that are younger I haven't always been a grandfather I used to be very young and I've weathered a lot of these storms and hopefully this experience combined with the Word of God and some balanced teaching some wise teaching we can help you to know how to navigate these waters in the days to come. Now. Our text passage for this series is Joshua chapter 23. I went there because Israel had some filters that they had to deal with. They had some worldviews that they had to deal with. And that's what we're talking about in this particular teaching. How you see the Word. And we're asking the question, Pastor Terry, what is the best filter to look through? What is the best way, worldview to have this day and age In order to take me to God and help me to find God's purpose and plan for my life and ultimately to help me find God's heaven. All of that's located right here in the Word of God. That's why we stay there. Now, if there's anyone out there that thinks this book is old, it's archaic, it's antiquated, it is not for today, I'm here to tell you that's not true This is the Word of God, and it is relevant not only for today, but for every new day. If the Lord tarries for two million more years, it will still be relevant to us. I'm going to try to show you how and why as we go through this teaching. Uh, Joshua chapter 23 provides the backdrop for this. We'll be looking at a lot of other scripture throughout uh, the teaching. But I'm going to encourage you to go with me to Joshua, Joshua chapter 23. And verse number 7 right now. And the New International Version puts it this way. Do not associate with these forbidden nations. Actually, he says with these nations. I've added in forbidden. That's the context of it. Let me do that again. Do not associate with these nations, these forbidden nations. Do not invoke. And by that he simply means uh, appeal to or turn to. Do not invoke the names of their gods. And you'll notice little g. You must not serve them or bow down to them. And again, that is an undergirding passage for this series and this teaching that we're sharing with you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's listened into this telecast. By whatever means, I pray that by your word, you would speak to our hearts. And I pray that we would be purposed to come in line with your word Not bringing your word in line with our life, but bringing our life in line with your word. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, again, let me thank you for being here. If you are listening to New Life Telecast on YouTube, there's a little icon down there in the corner. Uh, If you'd click on that and like us, subscribe to our channel, it would be very helpful to us. And it will uh, help us keep up with you and help you keep up with us. And uh, we trust that you'll continue to pray for us in that process. Here we go, being careful without turning. God bless. I say most of the time, what Jesus did do is not what we do or even what we want to do. Number four on your study notes, fill this in with me. A long time ago, In a faraway land, Israel had to deal with some filters and their God, their God. And I trust that their God is your God, the great God of creation, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God enlightened his people Israel on how to deal with such filters. Now, what I just shared with you is going to be foundational in terms of part two, and a lot of this message will make more sense when we get there, but stick with me. Watch this. A little bit of Bible background history. God promised to Israel through Father Abraham the inheritance of a special land. The land of, it was known then as the land of Canaan. Today, we know this land as Israel. Watch this church. It's still Israel. It's still promised land. It's still important. There's still a blessing promised to those who care for the people of God or the people of Israel. That's why every time you drop a dollar or three into the offering plate at New Life Community Church, part of that goes to support the people of Israel. We put our money where our mouth is, and I trust that that's a matter of conviction with you as it is with me. Uh, Pardon the little rant, but it's very important for you to understand that. Land was important then, not just as those who were occupiers of it, or to say this is our land, or we have a little place here, but much rather it was important in that they were to be the stewards of God to establish and facilitate the governing authorities in that land. This is deep. Some of you may even find it boring, but it's not boring. It's very important. Watch. This land was purposed to be under the authority of El Shaddai, God Almighty. That brings me to our text passage. You thought I would never get here. Joshua chapter 23 is the historical record of the culmination of the infiltration and occupation of this promised land. Wave at me if you're still here. By Joshua chapter 23, the deed had been done. You see what I did there? (laughs) The deed had been done. It is stated in the first verses of Joshua 23, the Lord had given Israel rest from all of their enemies. Isn't that a glorious thought? I don't know how many of you here this morning looking back at me and those by way of live stream, you have spiritual enemies out there. Israel had them and true enough, uh, physical enemies. But God says, I've delivered you from your enemies. That which was true for them remains true today. God will deliver us from our enemies. So with that, Joshua calls them all together. The people and the leaders, it's specified. And in effect, he puts a period on this momentous milestone, if you please, in the history of the people of Israel, God's chosen people. Joshua's speech is brief but impactful. Very similar to my messages on Sunday morning. Well, at least I hope they're impactful. While portraying a mental picture of their recent conquest, Joshua's challenge is clear. Look at this church. The latter part of verse three of chapter 23. It was the Lord your God Who fought for you? It thrills me to no end to go back and read these accounts, to read in the Old Testament how God fought for His people. The illustrations are just too numerous to mention, but God fought for His people. Look at verse 6 of chapter 23. God says through Joshua, Be very strong. Not just physically, although they had to be physically strong, but spiritually as well. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. In other words, he's saying to them, watch this. This is all going to come full circle. Stay focused. Stay focused right here. Right on the word of God. Right on God's spokesman. Person. In other words, he was saying, and this is the title of this particular series, be careful without turning. Let me point out a couple of the words here in chapter 23, verses 3 and verse 6 in particular. Strong. Strong. Are you being strong in your walk with the Lord, physically and spiritually? Strong. Strong. Are you careful to obey, which emphasizes choices that we have? We're told here in so many words, don't turn left or right. In other words, don't turn to their little g-gods. It's at least intimated that we should ask often what or who are their gods. Church, I want you to catch this. There's something that needs to be heard right now. Here. I don't think we do this enough as a church where we look at those who are out outside the church and we say, who are their gods? What are their gods? God told me to stay away from their gods. We need to know and understand who their gods are so that we will know how to stay away from them. Does that make sense? You'll catch Some of you will catch up with that too. Eventually, number five on your study notes, fill this in with me if you would, please. God then speaks through Joshua some profound direction that is often overlooked by present day peoples. Now, new life, this isn't addressed specifically to the citizens of Ridgeway, Virginia, meaning as you read through the record, you're not gonna see the word Ridgeway in there. You won't find it. But the sound counsel that is given to us here could not be more clear for those who reside in Ridgeway. Virginia. Look at verse 7 of Joshua 23. Do not associate with these nations, these forbidden nations. Do not invoke, that is to say, appeal to or turn to the names of their little g gods. You must not serve them or bow down to them. Now, when I read that, my spirit wanted to ask this question why? Why would God mandate for you? Why would God mandate for his people to refuse association with the alien nations that had just been driven out before them? Why would God do that? Isn't that mean? Is God a meanie? Don't you love the word mean now? Everybody's a meanie. If you do something, somebody doesn't like you're mean. Even full grown men, grown politicians in Washington, D.C. talk about people being mean to them. Is God mean? Isn't this concept bigoted? Is God a bigot? You know there are some people today that accuse God of such. Isn't that what we read here? Isn't that watch this? Isn't that xenos? Phobos? Xenophobic? Boy, there's a word they like to throw around. Most of us know what that means, don't we? No. Is it? Is God xenophobic? Let me remind you, we used to sing this little song. Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Help me, church. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Xenophobic? Are you kidding me? God created all these people. God loves color and ethnicity and diversity. If you don't believe it when you go out of here this morning look at the grass what color is it church white (laughs) and you know if you're like i am i'm looking at my calendar and i'm thinking six more weeks maybe eight more weeks and then i can come out of the house without having on my hat and scarf and coat and all that kind of stuff and You'll see a God of diversity displayed in His full splendor in just a few weeks. We call it springtime. Why did God mandate not to associate with these people? Let me try to answer it like this. I want to remind you that according to the Word of God, we saints do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But, in fact, our strivings most frequently come to us via the vehicle of Satan's advocates, and the overwhelming majority of them do occupy flesh, and they do have blood coursing through their veins. So, it's really easy. I'm trying to help someone. It's really easy. To mistakenly embrace that our enemy is some other person, and consequently, it's, it's natural and easy to spend valuable time wrestling with such one. Secondly, their actions, the actions of those who reflect Satan's promptings and schemes can indeed be an overwhelming influence upon our own ideas and actions. Israel would prove this to themselves and us over and again in the coming generations. Go to the prophet Jeremiah. Here's what he said, chapter 3, verse 6. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, Have you seen what fickle Israel has done? Like a wife who commits adultery, engages sexual relations, breaks the marriage contract with her husband in order to engage relations with someone she's not married to. Like a wife who commits adultery, Israel has worshiped other little G gods on every hill and under every green tree. I told you that to tell you this, beloved. That's why God purposed for them to refuse association with these other nations. In other words, not to look at the world through their filter. Does that make sense to anybody? Now, just to kind of bring this right down to the year 2022, I had a conversation with a young man just a week or so ago now. He is definitely a Jesus chaser. In my estimation, he is a full-blown Jesus chaser. Born again, spirit-filled, knows which end is up in terms of the Bible. And he shared with me that there was a time when he was paired alongside a coworker that habitually cursed and used foul language. So. It wasn't long. Look at your neighbor and say. It wasn't long. Wasn't long before he too. Began to use. Some profane words. Is anybody picking up. What I'm putting down right now. He shared with me. This was kind of a painful time. See, so He noticed. He began to reflect that which he was hearing. It hit his ears, it stuck in his mind, and it came out of his mouth. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah his testimony, this young man's testimony was that Holy Spirit convicted him of that. Watch this church. That's what Holy Spirit does. When you start going astray, walking away from this, Holy Spirit starts stirring around and he reminds you that that's not behavior that you need to be exhibiting but he did and this young man was convicted of it in a profound way and gained victory over this. But my point is this and I want you to catch this beloved you remember back in school years ago and it's been 45 years since I was in school show me that poster clicker person do you remember this poster do you remember that It comes in various and sundry versions believe me there are thousands of them on Google images I went through 900 of them to find this one what does it say church you are what you eat So obviously, I've been eating very healthily. And been eating some handsome, masculine foods. Can I get an amen right there? Shh. You are what you eat. Why did I tell you that? I'm headed to number six on your study notes. It's pretty certain. It's pretty certain that you will begin to parrot or begin to reflect what goes in your ears, certainly what goes in your soul, and what goes in your spirit. Listen to the wisest man who ever lived. He gave us these inspired words, Proverbs 12 and 26, the righteous is a guide to his neighbor. Wouldn't you love for him to say that about you at some point in time? The righteous is a guide to his neighbor. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. This is kind of newer and fresher. In the New Testament, Paul gives us this. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You are what you eat. That which goes in has a tendency to come out, so you need to be very, very Very careful about that. I ask you again, how do we stay focused? Those of us who are born again and spirit filled and attempting to look through Jesus' filter, how do we stay focused? Here's what you do. Verse 8 of Joshua 23. We're told, hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Hold fast. To the Lord your God. Beloved, will you tell me please just who it is that would not, that would fail to benefit, if you please, from heeding such counsel in any generation. Hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Now watch this. I trust you understand this biblical language, hold fast. That does not mean that you grip it speedily and then let go. But it it rather means you don't let go. Now, I searched high and low for the perfect illustration to portray before you this morning. And here's what I come up with. Somebody tell me what that is. It's a clown. By the way, this is not a tough test. What is that? No, thank you. What is it? It's a clown. What's a clown doing? Juggling. You see what's among the little balls that he's juggling? Little G God, little G God, little G God, little G God, big G God. That is a picture of way too many persons that occupy church chairs nowadays. Yeah, God's in the midst. But that's about all you can say for it. Every, every, every now and then, God comes by, but it's a blur. That's not what Joshua was, was telling the people of Israel. That's not how you stay focused. By juggling, the way you stay focused is by holding fast to God. Now I'm headed to your last study note, and I'm gonna wrap this up this morning. By the way. Didn't uh, Dave Mercadante do a great job last other Sunday? I've already taken him to task on not preaching an hour and a half. He really made me look bad. Okay. <laughs> Next time, you're really going to get a load from him. Here's number seven on your study notes, beloved. Will you consider that in order to engage other gods, you have to release the God? Can you be encouraged not to juggle, but to hold fast? Don't let go, but hold fast. I'm going to get into more of this next week. How do we maintain our focus when the filters all about us are so blemished and blurred and blinding? How do we do that? By holding fast to the one true God. God. We'll give you some ammunition, the Lord willing. Beloved, that wraps up part one. And let me do that by asking you this. Are you juggling a lot of different gods, little g-o-d-s, in your life? Now listen to me. Sometimes we, I think we have a tendency to think that other gods are different than they are. We can make a God out of anything. We can juggle anything. I think uh, just for convenience sake, you see this little gizmo? It's called a cellular device. Uh, we used to refer to them as phones. To call this as a phone is a masterpiece of understatement. But isn't it true that there are some things that come across here that we can get hooked on? There are some things that can occupy a lot of our time. And there are some things about this that can prevent us from getting into this. Now listen, I know a lot of you say, hey, I have a Bible app. Well, that's well and good. But uh, that might be just exactly the point I'm trying to make to you. Look at uh, the number of apps you have on your phone. The Bible app is just one among the hundreds that some folks have. I ask you again, just for time's sake, are you... Juggling other gods along with the God. God has called and purposed and designed for us to put Him first, to give Him the best of our life, not the leftovers. So I want to encourage you not to turn to the left or to the right, turning away to other things, but to focus your attention on God. That is going to become increasingly difficult in the day and age in which we live. And I will tell you, this is one of the number one uh, culprits. It's kind of the uh, uh, tantamount to the old transistor radio back in my day that people kept plugged into their ears. This will do so much more, and it has so much more potential to be distracting to us. Be encouraged. Can you be encouraged to spend some time in the Word of God each day, the Bible, the Word of God, a good old hard copy of it, something that you can hold in your hands, something that won't text you or send some sort of an alert right in the middle of it. Be encouraged to read it and heed it and to know it and to realize that it's written for you, whoever you are, specifically for you. Father, I pray for each one listening into this telecast. I pray that this message would penetrate the hearts of each one and that men and women and boys and girls would be turned to you and would focus not only their eyes for a few moments, but their hearts for a lifetime on you. We ask, we pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hey, let me tell you, one of the things that you need in your life to help you maintain focus is some church activity. And I'm talking about getting together with God's people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. New Life has a regular schedule of activity Sunday evening. Actually, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm about to get ahead of myself then Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, and we would love to see you, love to have you for any and all of those activities here at New Life Community Church. Uh, there's some information uh, floating across the screen to help you stay in touch with us in terms of contact information. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back? ¡Suscríbete